the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. We're talking about the theology of complaining, how to navigate a complaining spirit or live with those who have one. What are some effective ways to help you deal with complaining or complainers? Maybe you're one of them, uh, or maybe you live with somebody who is or work with someone who is. How do you navigate all that so you don't end up just losing the relationship? Well, so far we said there are three kinds of complainers. Grumblers is the first one. Here's the second one, gripers. Gripers, they uh, they just vent uh, periodically, but when they vent, it just comes out everywhere and people get sideswiped or side-griped, if you will. Uh, and these folk, when they are venting, they just feel free to let everything out. But what we learned from research is that complaining can actually damage one's mood and dampen one's mood, rather. Uh, and, it, and the research shows that the pe- person listening to the complaining Uh, doesn't have a better mood after it's over. And the people who are complaining, uh, they also do not have a better mood uh, after the complaining. And so it's important to understand that complaining uh, can actually dampen one's mood and one's relationships. We said the three kinds I've given you two grumblers who just carry it on. It's a rumble. The story keeps going. And then gripers, they vent out their complaining. Now, let me give you one tip here before I go back to the phone lines. And that is this. If you have a safe friend or a safe group of friends where you say, can I have a pity party here? Can I just complain for a minute? That's okay. We all need that. And it's all right to take a break and to let someone say, you know what? You can be unedited. Let it out. That's even healthy. All right. But again, if those friends become your every single happy hour uh, complaining ground, then they know it's no longer uh, a, a short pity party. Now it's just become an ongoing thing. And now there's no longer it's no longer happy hour. It's unhappy hour because every time you come, you bring the party down. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so a periodic can I have a pity party and then I'm going to wipe myself clean here with my eyes crying or whatever. And I'm going to get up from this and now set goals and and change things. You're good. Uh, We're talking about people who are grumbling and griping and it goes on and on and on. And we learned from our lesson earlier from the scriptures, do everything without complaining or arguing Philippians uh, chapter uh, two, verse 14. And then uh, first Peter four, nine offer hospitality without grumbling. All right, my number, 888-843-BRIDGE. Let's go to Linda in Burke, Virginia. Hi, Linda, Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Oh, pretty good, Dr. Anderson. How are you? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with me. What are you thinking? Well, I I think I'm a complainer, but my husband says I'm not, so that's a good thing. But oh, I've got good. a lot of health problems that have 
really all hit me at once in the past year. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like physical problems. It's not like something like cancer, but it's like I have a problem with my knee because I fell over a baby gate and smashed it with my whole right. weight. Okay. And then I have varicose veins that need to be removed. Right, right. <laughs> the same leg. Okay. And I fell down some stairs and injured my shoulder, so I'm waiting for a shoulder partial replacement in February. Mm-hmm. So then... So I'm in... Oh, what, so then is your question, when I have all these things, how can I not complain? Exactly, because I'm in pain so much of the time, and then I, I don't want to complain, but then I have um, two grandchildren, one's two and the other one's eight months. Okay. And before all this happened and the baby was born, I was planning to babysit him, but now I can't, and his other mother-in-law is taking care of The mother-in-law is taking yeah. care of him, and gotcha. I feel guilt, and I feel... Yeah. Well, let me give you a couple things to help you navigate this. And these are some uh, uh, some practical applications, some guidance that will help you manage the complaining uh, that I was going to give a little bit later. But I'm going to start giving it to you now. And this this is uh, three things I think that you can do. One, focus on goodness. Two, focus on gratitude. And three, Focus on grievance success strategies, and I'm going to talk about that later, so just put a pin in that one. But goodness and gratitude, you get that one immediately. That means, uh, you know, for instance, when my mom uh, hurt herself, and when I asked her how she hurt herself, she told me, but while she was telling me, she gave all this praise about what she didn't hurt, what she didn't break, uh, the people that were there to help Mm her. Uh, She was focusing on goodness, on gratefulness. So goodness means what's good here? How is God good even in this? So focus on that. And then gratitude. What can I be grateful for even in the midst of this? Yeah, I fell down and and maybe bruised myself, but thank God I didn't break any bones. Or thank God somebody was there to help me. So what will help combat the complaining is, yeah, I don't like these uh, varicose veins, but thank God I have legs that I can walk in. And I can cover them up so, you know, everybody doesn't have to see them. You know, thank God for that. And so just focus on what's good here and what I can be grateful for and start verbalizing that more than verbalizing the negative. And mm-hmm. I think that would be helpful to you. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, I think that's great because, yeah, I, I am really fortunate. I mean, I'm, I'm, I always say I'm the happiest of my life in a way right now because mm-hmm. I have the healthy grandkids and a you know, great husband and everything. But I'm just, I just feel like I'm complaining because I'm not able to do the things. And I, I don't want to talk about them, but then yeah. I feel like if I don't mention them, I have a son that's very gregarious and yeah. outgoing, and well, just he to, doesn't like just, he take no excuses. He well, just make sure you know? turn. Just make sure you turn the te- turn the page. So, like you just did. Yes, you know you have these things, but then you start being thankful for something. So turn the page so it always ends with a positive. So even if you do say, you know, this is what's going on that's wrong, then say, but thank God that I have X, Y, and Z. You got to balance it, and I think if you focus on mm-hmm. making sure the ending of your statement is a praise, I think that's going to start helping mm-hmm. you, okay? Okay. All right, Linda. I there's probably a lot of people out there dealing with pain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not just you. There's so many others, so that's why I'm so glad you called. Uh, that's Linda from Burke, Virginia. Are you a grumbler? A griper? Well, we're talking about complaining today. Three kinds of complainers. Grumblers, they keep it going. 
Gripers, they vent periodically, and they kind of explode in a way. And the last one is grievance bearers. The scripture teaches us that we are supposed to bear one another's grievances, but it says in that same passage, Colossians 3.13, forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so grievances are these things that we have against other people, and this causes us uh, to complain and to grumble because we have grievances. But if we, if we, if we forgive those grievances, guess what it does? It not only releases them, but it heals us. How do I know it? Because the core word for grievances really is dealing with grief. All right. So when I forgive a grievance, I'm also healing my own grief. And so it's a, it's a, it's a positive twofold benefit. And so what's important as a grievance bearer is I want to be a constructive complainer. That's what grievance bearing is. It's constructive complaining. Okay, I'm going to forgive the grievances, which means we may have to talk about those grievances. But then I'm going to forgive and we're going to come to agreement. Now the goal has been reached. There's no need to talk about it anymore. So uh, there you have it. That's Colossians 3.13. Let's go back to the phone lines now and go to Germantown, Maryland, where Veronica's on the line. Hi, Veronica. It's Dr. Anderson. How are you? Let's go back to the phone line. Turn your uh, radio down, please, Veronica. Veronica's on the line. Hello. Good afternoon, Dr. Anderson. Hi, Veronica. Thanks for calling. What are you thinking? I am calling for some advice because I um, I am a Christian. I'm a believer, and I try to surround myself with good, positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this instance, I have a family member that um, I consider a a complainer because every time I ask, hi, how are you doing? How's everything going? There's always um, something that's going on with this person's health. Um, She, she's always, there's always something wrong. Mm -hmm. And she's also a Christian. Okay. And, she is a wonderful woman, and she mm-hmm. prays for other people, and she's serviceable, and she's right. kind. But she has this—I think it's like a mental illness where she's always complaining. Mm. And I just don't know what to do anymore because I've tried every single thing that I yeah. could, like telling her, "Hey, maybe you need to get away. I just think that you need more, more me time. You should consider." Sure. Um, you know, being more happy, I think that would really help your health. Um, right. But you and, know that she doesn't want, you know that she doesn't want yeah. your uh, solutions or your recommendations, right? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing. You keep offering it and she keeps complaining about the same thing. You offer it some more. She complains about the same thing. What is that telling you? It's telling you she really is not looking for a solution. She's looking for an ear, a shoulder. All right. So you're the ear that's going to listen to her complaining because nobody else wants to listen to it. And you're the shoulder uh, to lean on until you leave. And then she's going to lean on somebody else's shoulder or bend somebody else's ear. So the question is, can you, A, limit your time with her and, B, increase 
your time with other people that breathe life and energy into you. So then when you do go spend time with her, you can actually handle it. You can take it because you've prepared yourself. You have enough energy for it. You already know when you ask her, how are you doing? You already know what she's going to say. So be ready to just listen and listen and listen and give feedback like, hmm, really? Wow. Okay, great. It was so good being with you. Got to go. Literally, that's what you're going to have to do. But what if, um, what if you, like, for example, everything that she complains about, she goes out and does something um, health-wise. Like, um, she's gotten so many surgeries. It's like, it's always something different at the doctor, a different yeah. medicine, a different something. But you can't save so, her. Does she live with you? No. Are you responsible for her health? No. All right. So why are you taking on trying to save her from herself? I guess I just um, I just feel bad. Mm-hmm. So so you've taken this I on as a. I want to rescue her. Exactly. You've taken it on as a project to rescue her, and look what it's doing to you. Um, she hasn't asked you to rescue her. Um, I don't think she has. Now, maybe she has. Has she said, what can I do about this? Please help me with this. I really want to get this right. Has she said that to you? No, she has not. So you've become the self-appointed savior for her because she didn't appoint you. Right. Right? Right. So you can you can fire yourself now and it'd be okay. (laughs) You can fire yourself from being the rescuer and just say, you know what, instead of rescuing her, I'm going to get other energy from other people. And then I'm going to minister to her by going to her, listening to her and just ministering to her. And then I'm going to leave and I'm going to leave it there. And I'm going to go back to my life and do the other things that that I want to do to breathe life into myself. So you're a minister now, not a rescuer. You see the difference? Yes, sir. Okay, is that helpful? Sounds good. Thank you so much. It is very helpful. Thank you for your advice. You got it. Thanks a lot, uh, Miss Veronica. That's why we call it Real Talk. I want to give it to you kindly but straight at the same time. I really think that uh, she loves you and you can be a real minister to her, but it's going to wear you out if you keep trying to rescue her and she's not really wanting to be rescued. She just kind of wants you to be down there in the pit with her, all right? And it looks like it's working. But now we're going to change that. You're going to fire yourself from being a rescuer, and now you're going to hire yourself as being a minister, all right? I'm sure that's a word for several people, not just uh, you, uh, Veronica. All right, let's go to Sandra in Silver Spring, Maryland. Hi, Sandra. It's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Sandra. Hello, Dr. Anderson. Hi. Thanks for calling. Hello. What are you thinking today? Well, I have an issue with my husband. Um, he's always complaining, and I feel like I should be the one complaining because <laughs> I got married um, in 2012, and shortly after my husband, uh, we got married. He got sick. He um, he had um, he has kidney failure, and he's now on a machine. Mm-hmm. And he had a whole bunch of issues that I was not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so um, to say that. I have, um, there has been no intimacy. My husband is unable to perform. Okay. So I have not had any sexual encounters with my husband whatsoever. He doesn't touch me. He doesn't kiss me. Mm. But yet he has the right to complain. I think, Mm. you know, I should be the one complaining. Right. I'm the one that's (laughs) suffering. And we're both Christians. I'm baptized with the Holy Ghost. Right, right. Inshallah, come. All right. So, So, 
Here's the issue. You've said it. Uh, I'm kind of resentful. Let, let me just say this and tell me if, I, if, if I'm getting it right. You're kind of resentful because, A, your needs are not being met. B, you're there to serve him. And C, he's still complaining. Why you get to complain when right, I should absolutely. be the one to complain? Right? Absolutely. And I go to church by myself. He doesn't go to church with me. Mm-hmm. I go by myself. Yeah. So um, this is what you're yeah. going to... This is what you're going to need to do. Unfortunately, I've got to run uh, to my break, but I want you to um, listen uh, because when I get back, Sandra, from the break, you listen over the air, I'll give you a couple of thoughts. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Are you a small business owner who wants to improve efficiency and profitability? Joseph Associates CPA is a trusted business consulting firm with more than 25 years experience helping business owners to achieve their goals. They will support your business processes, tax, bookkeeping, and accounting needs. Please visit josephassociatescpa.com. That's josephassociatescpa.com. Or call 301-915-6474. And uh, my last caller right before the break was saying, you know, their hu- husband uh, has a, a physical ailment and they can't perform uh, intimacy and she goes to church alone and, and yet he's the one complaining. What do you do with that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, if you can find a counselor to talk to, I think it'd be very, very important, Sandra, to do that because you've got to get this out even beyond uh, a radio f- a phone call with me, but you got to get it out so you can find out ways of coping with what you're dealing with because you are dealing with something that can put you in a in a vulnerable category and in a vulnerable place where you yourself can be tempted and also uh, be so resentful that you do something that you would regret. So I think that that's important to have a uh, a safe place to let this out and to develop some coping uh, techniques and skills to help you deal with the loneliness as well as with uh, your own resentment. And then, of course, for him, uh, one of the ways to manage that is to let him know that his complaining is wearing on you. I think that's important. My guess is you've already done that, but I would remind you that, uh, you know, telling him again to say, hey, listen, uh, do you want me to just sit here and listen or are you looking for a solution? Because I have some issues and some problems, too. Can, can I share some of mine? Like, could this be a mutual sharing here? But I think it's important for him to realize the impact it has on you. Because sometimes when people are caregivers, they don't share their pain because they're too busy caring for the other person. But the other person needs to still know how to manage their behavior, even in their sickness. Their sickness does not give them uh, a license to uh, be uh, ungodly. Did you hear that? Uh, one sickness does not give somebody the the license to be ungodly. All right? Just because you're sick, just because you're tired, still doesn't, there's no scripture verse that says, so therefore you can curse people out, therefore you can complain and argue uh, because, you know, you're sick and tired. It, it's not in the scripture. I just thought I'd let you know in case y'all were looking <laughs> for that Bible verse. It's not in there. All right? So uh, hopefully this is helpful to you, uh, Sandra. And for the rest of you, it was so good uh, 
connecting with you on a topic that I think is important for all of us as believers, just to remember God doesn't want us to complain or argue or grumble. Uh, We can have a little pity party with some friends that are safe and unedited and then uh, get up and get moving again. And Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining or arguing. So go ahead and focus on that, which is positive. And if there is a complaint that you really do need to make, then make sure it's the best kind of complaint that has a strategy to finding a solution. I hope that's helpful to you. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit andersonspeaks.com and simply click the donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's andersonspeaks.com. Bowie, Maryland, we have Renee on the line. Hi, Renee, it's Dr. Anderson. How are you? Hi, Dr. Anderson, how are you? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for calling me today. What are you thinking? Yes, thank you for your show, first of all. Um, Mm. You have some great topics. I always learn a lot. Thank you. I um, did not hear Monday's call because I know it was on on marriage. So what's on my mind is in regards to marriage. Okay. Okay. I've been married for 23 years, and the bulk of the marriage, I've been um, the one working. My husband basically has had jobs off and on, mm-hmm. and he also um, like sells real estate, so it's not like consistent income. Mm-hmm. And I'm very resentful of this situation, and I really don't know what to do about it. You're resentful because your husband's not bringing in the money or consistently working. Consistently working, like the effort piece, because mm-hmm. I understand that, like. There are a lot of couples where women make more, so it's not even about how much. It's just an effort. I feel like I'm the one that's making all the effort mm-hmm. to bring – you know, I work two jobs. Mm. So is he always trying to find a job but can't seem to keep a job? Is that what's going on? No, he doesn't want to work a traditional job. Uh, he doesn't want to work a traditional job. So he is getting jobs, but they're not uh, career jobs. It's uh, picking up a job here, picking up a job there. Why do you think that is? Does he have education? Yeah, we we met in college. Oh. Um, I think he's, he, he's just lazy. He wants to do only real estate, and that's not guaranteed income. Uh-huh. That's right. And so about how much will he bring in in a year, you think? Like what has it been like in the last Maybe year? Maybe about – in the last year, maybe about 40000 Okay, great. 40000 And then how much do you bring in? Like 120000 Gotcha. And then are the bills still tight? Yes. Yeah, so if he brought in another forty or 50000 y'all would be golden, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we would be golden. Because mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is having a conversation with him strategically about how much money you need as a family. So make it more like a target goal. Honey, listen, we need you to be making $70,000 a year in order for us to be whole. 
you know, that way we'll be making about one hundred and ninety to two hundred thousand dollars. That's really where we need to be to live the lifestyle. Uh, what can you do to pull your weight? I know you're trying with real estate. Can we make an agreement here? If you don't bring in at least fifty thousand dollars in the next uh, 12 months or six months, you know, you can set it up for whatever the agreement is. Would you then uh, commit to getting another position and looking for another position where you can make, uh, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000? What do you think about that kind of well, conversation? Well, that's just it. It's, it's like he, his effort. It's mm-hmm. like he, he's, I don't know. He just, I don't want to use the word. Well, lazy, like the effort, like, <laughs> right. Because he just wants to do it his way. He only wants to sell real estate. But still, when you work for yourself, you work harder than working a job. Right. So are you saying that it's not that he's doing real estate. It's that he's not really doing real estate hard. He's 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 lazy. Yeah, he's like real comfortable and complacent. And because I know allowing me just to. Yeah, I know people that make a lot of money doing real estate. So it's really his work effort, and that's your whole point, his work ethic. So I can understand why you're resentful. I'm not quite sure, to be honest, uh, Renee, what to tell you to do because I don't know how much pain you can handle. But I do know that that, that resentment inside is going to erupt, and he needs to know it's a crisis. That much I do know. If he doesn't think it's a crisis, he's not going to do anything about it. You've been caring for right. him for so right. long he feels like he can just lean on lean on you. So unless you can create a crisis to let him know that we, mm-hmm. we, we can't stay like this, and I don't know how you're going to do that, uh, I would talk to somebody a little bit longer than me on the radio, but I'd really think through that part. What could I do to show that this is a crisis? I can't handle this. I'm not going to be sitting here six months from now with this same situation. Once he realizes that, that will probably get him off of his uh, backside to really start putting in, putting in the work. You know what I mean? Have you ever walked into your basement and there was that smell? You weren't quite sure what it was, mold, mildew, cracks, or blistered paint in your walls? Well, listen, you need to call Best Buy Waterproofing. They'll come by, give you a free inspection, and they'll let you know, is it water wreaking havoc on the foundation of your home? They have more than 30 years of experience, and they're ready to give you and all my listeners a free basement inspection. All you got to do is give them a call, 844-980-3707. One more time, here's the number, 844-980-3707, or check them out at bestbuywaterproofing.com. And by the way, if you do business with them, They'll donate $500 to support my radio ministry. So give them a call. Best Buy Waterproof. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us Sunday mornings at our campus in Columbia, Maryland at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon, or at our Owings Mills Reisterstown, Maryland campus at 10.30 a.m. You can also join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. For details and directions to Sunday services, please visit www.bridgeway.cc or call 410-992-5832. We hope to see you tomorrow at church.